Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, if it's first time tuning into our show, quick uh, two minutes about me. My name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional navigational consultant. Uh, I work with astrology and numerology and tarot and runestones and all kinds of different types of oracles. I have a home office in Phoenix and do sessions for people professionally as well as by phone. Uh, I'm also a uh, blog columnist and I do a blog column called Snake Oil that uh, has about uh, 1,200 subscribers now um, as well as a published author with two published books and a third one on the way. Uh, if you're interested in any information about uh, my services, go to jimventura.com and you can get info there about appointments and uh, um, as well as CDs and learning a book. And also, uh, if you want to receive my monthly newsletter column, um, just email me at venturasage at yahoo.com and ask to be added to the uh, newsletter mailing list. It is blind copied out, so no one will ever get your email address uh, through me this way. Uh, okay, anyway, let's starting off there. This is our beginning of the month show, so happy April to everyone. Uh, uh, today I'm going to read my uh, this month's column, which is called Taking It All Too Hard. And uh, I'm going to read the column, and then I'll talk a bit more about it today. Uh, if you're tuning into the show uh, live, then um, this is not a call-in show, so there's no mini-readings for today's show. I do that in my astrology listeners' choice shows, uh, and sometimes specified shows that way. So uh, please don't call-ins for uh, mini-readings today. We're not going to have time to cover that. You get a lot of insight just from the column as well as uh, my, my substance clearance discussion about it in more detail. So anyway, I'm going to dive right in here. And I'm going to read this month's column. And then again, I want to talk a bit about it after we finish so you kind of know what we're talking about here. If you haven't already read the column, uh, here's your opportunity to hear it live. Okay, so this month's snake oil is called Taking It All Too Hard. In the mid-'80s, the rock group Genesis came out with an album that a song called Taking It All Too Hard. It was a great album with a lot of popular hit singles. But this was my favorite track. It really resonated with this song. It seemed to me, it seemed to put me at ease every time I found myself battling with the intense emotions, hopes, confusion, and seemingly endless fears about my future. All typical things for someone in their late teens to be confused about. I felt intense, angry at times, and had strong opinions about a number of things. At the same time, I was reading a lot of channel books and other metaphysical wisdom, 
and learning that detachment was the path to enlightenment. I wondered if there was a way to find a balance between the intense feelings that made me feel both incest and alive while remembering the wisdom of detachment. Was it possible for me to maneuver comfortably in both worlds? The archetypal symbol of temperance, number 14, is one of the 22 major arcana symbols in the Tarot. This archetype shows the image of a woman pouring two cups of wine back and forth into each other. She has angel wings and the look of someone who is enlightened as she stands on the edge of a lake. The upright position of temperance represents the process of stabilizing and developing equilibrium. It reminds us that healthy cooperation and adjusting our responses in anything we commit to can lead to internal and external harmony. We understand we have to work at finding balance to trial and error to achieve our goals. It resonates with the wonderful sense we feel when we find ourselves passing our life tests. It is possible for us to find a balance between passion and detachment. In this reverse position, it speaks to us about being radical or extremist in our actions. We fail our tests and suffer because we are too heavy-handed on our approach and lack moderation. This can be from the influences of others refusing to adjust by being disruptive or a situation where we're causing the disharmony. In either case, we may find ourselves in painful conditions where we feel defeated, fearful, and even shipwrecked. Like most people, I've experienced both the positive and negative of this archetype. There are many different areas in life where people become unbalanced and lack healthy temperance. Some extreme and dark examples are school shootings, people stockpiling guns, quote, because the government is coming to take them, end quote. Someone committing suicide because of shame around financial failures. A man or woman kills their wife or husband because they were verbally or physically abused for years. One parent keeps the other parent from seeing their children to punish the other. All of these examples clearly illustrate extreme responses and an obvious lack of balance. People do crazy and often irreparable damage when they lack temperance. The majority of us won't ever do anything this extreme. Most of us get caught up in just a little crazy when we lack temperance. Stalking their boyfriend on Facebook and compulsively checking his phone or driving to see what he's up to. Painfully staying in an unhappy marriage because this is what till death do us part means. Stealing from work because we aren't getting paid what we deserve. Obsessing over any difficulty we may be experiencing and not being able to eat or sleep because we are in so much pain. We lack temperance when we get so myopically focused on the difficulties and problems that we contemplate or act with extreme responses to attempt to balance the scales. No matter how difficult any experience may be, there are always good things in other areas of our lives. We lose sight of these positive things and often create new problems when we act when we act impulsively. Relationships in one form or another seems to bring up this issue of a lack of temperance the most for people. I see people all the time who are struggling with balance in relationships, whether they be in familial work or with a significant other. This is the area that most people seem to take it all too hard. Yet throwing the engagement ring you pay dearly for into a lake because your girlfriend is ready to marry you is a definite example of a lack of temperance. Spreading rumors about a coworker who pissed you off is a definite lack of temperance. 
keying your boyfriend's car because he cheated on you is not a wise solution. Hurt, anger, and problems surface from time to time in our experience with other human beings. If we remember the purpose of healthy temperance and wise detachment, we can find a way to navigate through anything with grace. Detachment doesn't mean we pretend not to care and stop feeling our feelings. Detachment is an ability to have an experience without drowning in it. A recognition that while the situation may be really bad, there is a purpose we will someday be able to see. In order to accomplish anything of value, whether that be devotion to a cause, relationship, or any project that really matters to us, we have to allow our passion to rise. We have to let ourselves get excited and fired up. Even when doing something, even when doing something we really love, we will experience ups and downs along the way. We can remember trial and error are part of this process. In the book of runes, the gateway rune, Thurisas, reversed, reminds us to be certain that you are not suffering over your suffering. What this means is that the word suffering originally meant to undergo. If we experience difficulties or a sense of powerlessness in a relationship or situation, while we need to feel the feelings that surface, we can also remember that pain is generally not a permanent thing. Physical and emotional pain are smoke signals telling us that something is not working. If we're willing to do what is necessary, then the pain will go away. A change in viewpoint may be enough to release our suffering. We often need to look at the situation as it really is, as opposed to how it should be. In some cases, we may need to abandon the path or the relationship if it's too toxic, but there is always a solution. I've had a few times in my life when I was shipwrecked, I did a few mildly crazy things in my younger days. I picked mates that couldn't give back in healthy ways. I struggled with things not going the way they were supposed to. I've been guilty of the poor gym stories in my head and even tortured my friends with my complaints. I played some of these types of tapes. Why is God putting me through this? I'm in so much pain. When will it end? I don't deserve this. I was just trying to do something good. Thankfully, age, wisdom, and detachment have helped me to become more moderate in my approach. At this point in my evolution, victim types of reactions are almost non-existent. I'm able to see my part in the creation of every event. We are human beings who are meant to feel emotions, both the good ones and the bad ones. Sometimes our struggles are huge and may take some time to solve. If we're suffering in any way, we can step back and remember that we always have a choice. You can choose how we respond. No matter how out of balance we may feel, doing something destructive will rarely solve any problem. Detachment can be a comfort because it reminds us that this too shall pass. We can recognize that suffering over our suffering is also a choice and not a good one. We can learn to use the temperance archetype in the best possible way. To some extent, we're always in the process of adjusting and fine-tuning our ability to have balance. A child given two glasses, one with milk and the other empty, will delight in pouring them back and forth until they are perfectly even. The child may spill the milk. At some point, he may have to knock the glass over completely. He may feel frustrated by his clumsiness and lack of dexterity. Yet with patience, practice, and continued effort, he will develop a perfect rhythm and usually accomplish his goal and absolutely enjoy the process itself. 
Okay, so that was this month's snake oil, and uh, let me talk a little bit about this, of course. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the show. If you're catching the show live, whether you're listening uh, to the show in an archive, um, again, this is not a call-in show, so I'm going to talk a bit about this subject, which, again, will probably give you a lot of insight into anything you may be going through anyway, which is typical of what I'm told with my columns. I also want to talk a little bit today about a little bit. I, this isn't my astrology show, but I really want to hit a little of current astrology because that will interconnect with this particular subject and this particular column that I wrote. So that said, uh, this, this is about the 90th column I've written since 2003, so I've got quite an arsenal of columns at this point in the game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny because I, you know, some subject matter can be definitely touchy. Um, I had a lot of people this month who kind of uh, on my mailing list that wrote me after they read this and were very thankful that they read it and felt really good about it. It really helped them. Uh, I had two people who asked to unsubscribe to my column this month. I don't know whether it was specifically this column that made them make that decision or it was just other reasons. I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know... Uh, just think if someone would unsubscribe because of somehow reacting to this. And, you know, what's funny is, you know, when I, when I write a column, people don't really, unless you're a writer, you don't really understand how much work can go into doing something like this because, you know, editing is just seemingly an endless process. Most of my columns I'll run through seven, eight, or nine edits <clears throat> before they're finished, meaning rewrites, punctuation, reexamination, re, you know, redoing the layouts, all kinds of things. This particular column uh, literally went almost twice as many um, edits. Uh, I probably pushed it about 14 or so before I was finished finally with this column. And I think a big part of it was because there was so much material that this can cover. Um, also, we, when I was writing it, I had written this as a side note in my editorial in my uh, Snake Coil newsletter. When I was writing it, a buddy of mine's wife when I told her I was writing a piece called Taking It All Too Hard, took this to sort of mean that, you know, what if, if everyone was so detached and didn't get riled up about the um, bad things that exist in the world, then nothing would change and nothing would get done. And I love her. She's very smart. She's a wonderful person. She's a good friend of mine as well, too. But you know, she was, she's passionate about things, uh, dealing with education and things of that nature, where she's very upset she's got children in school. and she, I, I, She's really a mover and a shaker in terms of her desire to change the negative aspects of the educational system. So thumbs up to her for that. At the same time, um, you know, as I was saying in the column, listen, you know, absolutely, we've got to get passionate about things. We've got to make decisions. We've got to let a fire come up to get something done. But, listen, I, I can say this with 100% certainty. Responding with crazy um, is not wise. It, it doesn't solve anything, creates new problem, problems more severe than the ones we're attempting to resolve. You know, and that's what this is really ultimately about when I was talking about the purpose of temperance. Because we do, you know, anything, again, relationships tend to be probably the most notable trigger for most human beings around the subject, but it can really apply to almost any area. If we think about it, and like I had said in the column, the archetype of temperance is in essence saying that, you know, life is a series and processes of trial, trial, and error, trial and error. 
again, I use the analogy of a little kid pouring the, the, the milk or the soda back and forth. And I think, you know, I've, I've used this analogy for clients, and I would see that light bulb go on for everyone. That's probably why I use it. Because it's true. There's almost no kid that hasn't done this at some level, that urge to really find that harmony and that balance. I mean, really, even another, another way, if you're looking, if you're a kid and you're wanting to learn how to jump rope, you're probably not going to be great at it the first time that you do it. So through trial and error and tripping over the rope and even a few accidents along the way, hopefully you'll get good at it or you'll decide that jumping rope is not for you. And I think we know that as kids, um, and some kids sometimes can overreact, absolutely, and most children knows this as well. But as a general rule of thumb, you know, anything is going to require adjustments and a certain amount of trial and error to figure it out. So that's really a natural thing, and that's what the temperance archetype brings up in all of us, that it's perfectly okay to make mistakes along the way through trial and error until we inevitably get the hang of, of balance. But the reminder, of course, of temperance and the imagery of the angelic-looking woman pouring the cup of the goblets of wine back and forth is all water. I don't know if it's necessarily wine. Whoever wrote the original, the original Tarot uh, may have used wine. They look at wine goblets. I think that's why I refer to it as wine. The, uh, the idea behind it is we want to learn how to be temperate. We want to learn how to be balanced. We want to learn how to adjust. We want to learn how to not be crazy. You know, and, and I, I mentioned this also in the piece, and I'll bring this up too, about the idea of being shipwrecked. And here's a personal story here that I actually talked about in my first book, Dirty Little Secrets, which is the name of my first book. Um, and I talked a bit about this. When I was in my early 20s and I first moved out to Arizona, I had moved out here with a friend of mine who um, ended up really doing some bad stuff. I mean, he was stealing from me. He ended up impersonating me and taking my identity at some point working under my name, and then later on joining the army under my name. Horrible, horrible structural situation. And uh, I wrote about this in my other book, and obviously I got through this. There's certainly no anxiety around this <laughs> at any level at this point in, in my juncture at 49. But a uh, very, very tough experience that I went through. And, you know, I remember, and the reason I bring this up is I remember, you know, even at the time I was reading my own cards. You know, every couple of months I read my own tarot cards, get a feel for what's kind of coming my way, where things are at. And, you know, every, the entire time, I spent about a year to a year and a half with this friend um, in one capacity or another. And again, I moved here with him from New York. And every single time I did my cards, temperance came up reversed in my spread, in one, one position after another. So, you know, I knew it even at the time that the relationship was tremendously unbalanced. And I knew at some levels that he was up to certain criminal activities. I was trying to turn a blind eye to it. I had that early 20s disposition of, I'm going to be the good one that saves him and, and shows him the way, and he'll eventually walk the good, good path, and he'll change his ways, blah, 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 baloney. And... Uh, you know, it was a real deeper part of me was attracted to the energy of the bad boy and all of that. And, you know, I knew, even when I didn't know all the nefarious activities that he was up to specifically, intuitively, emotionally, some part of me knew. And, you know, and I, so there was an awareness of it. I just kept, you know, 
to me, it was temperature reverse. I just kept knocking over the spilled milk. We were fighting all of the time. You know, uh, it was a really volatile situation. A lot of my friends were telling me they couldn't stand him. I even had friends for many years that backed away from me uh, when I was around this individual. And uh, listen, I was shipwrecked. It was a really, really bad situation. It only got worse. And I did some crappy things along the way to try to balance it that were not positive either. And overall, that's my one example of a really you know, crappy, lousy story of something I did, which reminded me of something else that I use as a, a, a part in that piece as well, too. When I was in my early 20s and I worked in a restaurant, the business as a waiter and bartender at one point they worked in a restaurant where they really weren't paying us fairly for a lot of different reasons i was pissed off as were other waiters and waitresses and being the smart ass that i am me and a few other waiters maneuvered a way to pick a little extra money through some very minor stealing in connection with the restaurant and uh we did this for months and then we got fired now you know i'm not going to apologize at 49 for this stupid behavior of my 20 year old self but I can see how minor kind of criminal activity led me to get involved with someone who was really kind of a major criminal. It was almost like a reflection in a more extreme type of a way. But again, another example of an imbalance. You know, I was going to get them back and, and steal somehow to get what I deserved, as opposed to what I really should have done, which was left that job and found a better job. And, uh, you know and taken the grace of the positive element of temperance. And through trial and error, I realized that that wasn't working. Working for a place that was treating us unfairly was the problem. So either I worked to change the system or I leave the system. And I, you know, again, I, I chose the more negative path at that time. So I absolutely know this element of the negative polarity of temperance. Um, in fact, you know, I've had a, I have a client talking to a lot of different clients lately that are going through a lot of relationship issues and I'm going to talk about the astrology that's interconnected with this right now too in just a couple of minutes here but um, you know one of the things that I catch is you know it's something I've been really talking with a lot of female clients especially about although certainly male clients go through this too gay straight lesbian bisexual all of it you know no one's free of this structural thing but I see this a lot with my female clients when they're in a relationship and, and things go bad, they're, they person cheats on them or the relationship goes sour and they have a breakup or the verge of it or something like that. I, see, I notice a lot of people, um, again, more women than I see men do this, but again, both do, kind of get caught up in that idea that they'll ask me that, that, that eternal breakup question, did he ever love me? Did ever love me in the first place? Did it all mean nothing? Did two years mean nothing? You know, and I, I have to very compassionately not roll my eyes when I hear this, because I remember doing this type of thing myself as well, too, when I was younger. That idea that if someone, if something goes wrong or goes bad, it never meant anything in the first place. Listen, you know, my answer to this is, you know, when we're going through emotional ordeal, we're going through emotional ordeal. But listen, things change. Someone may have loved you and been very harmoniously compatible with you at one point, and then things may change and vice versa. We don't have to negate the original connection and, and try to negate it or push it away. 
someone just may have changed in a positive way, in a negative way. And, you know, and, and really more often when we stand back from it, obviously some part of us is creating this as well too, meaning the joke I always say, I've said this many times on radio shows as well as in columns, that I always say inevitably all exes get hit with the ugly stick. And my humorous attempt at <laughs> stating that fact that, listen, you know, you may, you may be in tremendous pain about a breakup or a difficulty or someone leaving you, but in the long run, you know, months later, a year or so later, you'll often kind of see that person and be like, yeah, yeah. What was I doing there? You know what I mean? I don't feel that attraction anymore. You know, uh, when we're in love, love's light tends to make everything glow, and a lot of the negative is glossed out. So we see more clearly when we fall out of love. So we can realize that that happened for a reason. So, you know, I, I do. I see this a lot. To me, this lack of temperance is, is something that is, is a really a big issue that can come up for people in relationships because we're so emotionally immersed in a lot of cases. You know, well, um, I haven't done it in a few months, but I like to do karaoke once in a while because I actually have a fairly decent singing voice. And um, I notice when I'm in bars, especially like if I'm in a gay or lesbian bar, although I see it in just about any bar in general if I'm doing karaoke there, that there's always there's always a woman that does that. There's it's like a country country western song about some woman's boyfriend cheating on her and she keys his car, and I don't know what the name of the song is. I'm not really a big country music fanatic by any means. I like rock and roll more than I like country. Some countries are right, though. But uh, I don't know the name of the freaking song. But every single time, it's always like no doubt. Someone's going to get up and sing that song. And then when they get to that line about keying the car, you know, a whole bunch of people cheer and, you know, clap their hands a little and laugh. And I, every time that happens, I always think to myself, ugh. You're clearing, you're, you're cheering and clapping someone who keyed someone's car because they cheated on you. Listen, you know, I mean, one, that's, a, that's an illegal activity, and it's completely destructive. Um, you know, no matter what somebody necessarily did to you, no matter how bad it may be, you know, keying someone's car is, uh, you know, just may actually get you arrested or, you know, I mean, it's just... Just not wise, you know. Walk away. Someone wants doesn't. Someone doesn't want to be with you. Then leave them. Be done with them. You know. Be like the, a healthy Leo in the most positive sense. Come to that recognition of, you listen. They don't see the prince, princess, king, or queen that you are, and they're beneath you in that way. And it's time for you to quickly lick your wounds and walk away and move on to greater pastures. But but retaliating, you know, it's such a childish and destructive dynamic. But again, everyone claps and they cheer and. Oh, yes, let's clap the destructive behavior because we've all sort of been there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I have done a few crazy things in my time as well, too, but nearly nothing that extreme, thank God, um, you know, smashing someone's windows in. Uh, things of this nature to me are, again, just such a great example of such an imbalance of, of temperance in that way where, listen, you, you're letting someone drive you nuts. Mourn the loss, deal with it. And and then move move forward in your life, you know. And, and that's really what temperance is is meant to to teach us. Okay. Now I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. I don't want to leave this subject at this point. We still got a little more time here on today's show. We got about another 15 minutes. So, but I do want to mention something that I mentioned on um, a couple shows back. 
that's pretty significant now, which is really going to correlate a lot with the story about the current astrology that's going on. And as of early March, this started and will continue till about May, uh, I think it's May 19th or 20th that it goes direct again. But Mercury, not Mercury, Mars is retrograde in Libra. So Mars in our chart rules aggressiveness, assertiveness, passion, excitement, enthusiasm, male energy. It also rules um, anger and getting pissed off and being too heavy-handed and impatience and things of that nature in a negative sense. So Mars going retrograde, which only happens, by the way, I think about once every two and a half years. It's not like Mercury that goes retrograde about every three or four months. Mars is, you know... It's a longer retrograde. It happens about every two and a half uh, years. And so it'll go for about three months or so. And as a general rule of thumb, when Mars goes retrograde, it kind of messes with your, your energy. You know, you're going to feel very assertive and aggressive one day, and then the next day you just want to kind of crawl into bed and regroup your energy and pull back. It makes us very, very um, uncertain about where to place our energy and what to necessarily do. Um, we can find ourselves very back and forth in decisiveness during a, a Mars uh, retrograde. Um, I, you know, the thorough interpretation of this would be the Ace of Swords reversed, by the way, for anyone that follows and hosts a tarot. So that said, just a general rule of thumb for Mars retrograde. So what I always recommend for people during Mars retrogrades is, you don't have to get that much done during Mars retrograde. You can. But every time you do something, you need a little bit more time to rest, to recoup, regroup, recollect your energy. Don't do anything overly impulsive or crazy during a Mars retrograde uh, because often once it goes direct, we'll then kind of maybe regret that we got that impulsive in that sense. But also don't become so passive that you disappear during the entire time. You can still accomplish tasks. You just got to kind of regroup a little more and recollect as you do it. Now, in addition, this Mars retrograde happens to be in Libra. So Libra in our chart rules relationships and harmony and attempting to create balance and diplomacy and legal matters, um, things that have to do with, with, with balance in general. So anybody, without even getting into a lot of detail about this, can now probably listen to this, put two and two together and look at what's happening. Because I'm seeing this all across the board. A lot of legal, practical matters coming up for people. A lot of relationship push and pulls coming up right now for people uh, that are, you know, a little bit challenging. Um, you know, we have to look at our sense of justice come being somehow um, pushed during this particular period. So wherever it is in your chart, house-wise, of one of the 12 houses of life, that will actually give you more insight into where this is specifically applying. Uh, so I uh, just wanted to kind of feed that with that because this idea of taking it all too hard right now during the Mars retrograde, good reminder, again, nothing crazy during this particular period. You're kind of readjusting your energy at this point in the game in relation to relationships and what you find to be fair and balanced and harmonious. And, uh, you know, again, retrogrades are always like an opportunity to look back over old issues at some level. So when Mercury asks us to intellectually analyze and look back over it, Mars asks us to look back physically and energetically over where we're expending energy and how we're necessarily doing that. So I talked about this on my last um, astrology uh, – oh, that was my plant I just knocked down. 
in the spaz that I am in my office here. Okay, no catastrophe, uh, no temperance reversed. Um, anyway, uh, so I wanted to mention that. I mentioned that in, the, in the, my last uh, show, and I will uh, very likely mention that again in a uh, in my next uh, show, which, by the way, will be next Thursday. I will do my astrology update show. Just so you know what the format of that show is, is uh, it's not a column read show. I do a, uh, an update for about the first 15, 20 minutes of the show on what's happening astrologically to give everyone a general overview of what's going on. And then I actually, for the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, I'll take live calls to do five-minute little mini-readings on the phone for people, pull a card or an oracle um, for them on a specific subject. Uh, usually I can get about three or four phone calls in during those particular shows. So uh, that will be next week. Um, and that's my general format. I, I pretty much, when I do my column shows, I don't really like to take live calls because I like to stay on task on the subject. But on those shows, um, I do always take live calls. And then, uh, you know, I always have at least, uh, sometimes do an interview show each month. And then sometimes I'll even do an added kind of instructional show on a specific subject. And every once in a while I do a show just for call-in. So, Again, if you're not already getting my newsletter or my mailing list, obviously email me so you kind of know what's happening. But also, if you're listening to the show, you could friend request me on Blog Talk Radio so that you get the updates and you know which type of shows are on, if that's, you know, so you know which kind of shows to look for. And also, all the shows that I've done are all archived on the site. So you can listen to any past show as well, too. And uh, that's, a, that's a good way because often you can kind of do that at your leisure. Uh, when when you're, you get around to it. I know I run at 8, uh, 3.30 in the afternoon uh, for uh, my live show, so a lot of people are still at work. Okay, so I want to go back to our, our subject here. We're talking about the temperance archetype and uh, the idea of the column here about taking it all too hard. And uh, again, I, you know, when it comes to temperance, this is a really, really important thing I mean, for all of us at some level, all the, all the 22 major arcana symbols in the Tarot represent the deep transformational processes that we all go through. Here's a little interesting hint for everybody as well, too. Specifically for people who are born in the 14th of the month, um, that is the temperance archetypal number, by the way. Um, that often means that this particular archetype is particularly strong for you. You can actually look at the day that you're born and match it up with archetypal numbers. So if you're born, you know, in the 2nd um, or the 29th, that's the archetype for the high priestess. Um, if you're born in the 3rd or the 30th, that's the archetype for the empress. If you're born on the, on the, uh, the 5th, that's the archetype for the hierophant or the 23rd. If you're born on the, uh, on the 7th, that's the archetype for the chariot or the 25th. You can actually kind of correlate that to see what your primary life archetype really, really is. So, again, that's, the, uh, the, uh, that's just another little kind of numerology connective here as well, too. So, okay. Now, um, you know, I mentioned in the piece also about extreme examples of, of lack of temperance. And, uh, you know, I used some very, very probably upsetting examples of extreme crazy behavior. Um, you know, we've had an extreme rash in the last couple of years of school shootings, which, again, is a pretty clear example of extreme responses in the most negative possible way uh, that someone can go. You know, I catch this a lot, too, um, 
you know, sometimes uh, I hear people talking about, you know, there's a lot of anti-government sentiment right now, and you know, and, and you know, understandably so in some respects. But you know, I use this example of of someone stockpiling guns because the government's coming to take them. Obama's coming to take their guns. Okay. This could not be a more primary example of temperance reverse. And this is an attack on gun people, by the way. I am definitely not a gun guy, not my thing. But um, I absolutely respect people who are um, trained and use guns in an effective kind of a way. So I have no issue with, with guns in, in, a proper, in a proper setting and in a proper way. It's just something not for me. But, yeah, but if you're stockpiling guns and you're waiting for the government to come take them with a zombie apocalypse we're pretty much in the negative polarity of, of temperance here of people. <laughs> the zombie apocalypse. I had someone the other day where I said as a question, do I think something like that was going to happen? And I was very easily able to say, no. Uh, it's a great fantasy, but no, that's not likely and probable and actually uh, biologically impossible for that to occur in the first place. Uh, but there's, you know, one of the other things I mentioned in a very sad kind of a way is uh, the the idea of, you know, someone committing suicide. Again, a really extreme example of a lack of temperance. But I know I've had one client that I've, I've seen for many years, and she lost, um, I think it was three people in a two-year period during the... Uh, the depression, uh, the depression of 1930, we're talking about here, we're talking the depression that existed in uh, 2009 and 2010, um, uh, around those years when we were going through another depression. Uh, She lost a couple of family, a family member and some friends of family to suicide. And uh, most of those issues related to to financial collapse and they took their own lives. That's that's a very sad, sad thing to, to hear about um and again you know a great example in that sense of a lack of temperance that money could ever even matter that much you know i mean i can you know one of the things i i had mentioned here and this kind of brings up the idea of why i was talking about this subject in the first place is no matter what you're going through however terrible it may be and 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 listen there are things you go through uh in life that some people go through that are absolutely really truly terrible and truly difficult. I don't want to minimize that by any means. You know, I had a client who uh, has um, four children, and over the last 15 years, she has lost three of them. Now, for some, um, you know, experiencing you know a lack of temperance, at least someone going through something like that, you you could give them almost leeway for it. That's an incredibly painful thing to go through. But what I think those things remind us of is, and she's an amazing human being. She actually um, started writing poetry and published a book of poetry and, and, uh, you know, and emotional thoughts around this matter because she unfortunately became an expert on this subject. And I'm sure she ended up helping thousands of people who have gone through loss in that way too by by turning that into a purpose. Uh, But... You know, I think things like that, and like any other day I was, I was online and there was a video of a man without arms and legs and all the things he was doing and that he did in his home and how he, you know, he hopped from the counter. And I mean, unbelievable how amazing this is, how absolutely inspirational people can be when challenged in such an extreme type of a way. So what that makes me think of, and this is my suggestion to a lot of my listeners here too, 
no matter how bad it is, this, you know, whatever, how bad what you're going through is, one of the ways we can maintain a sense of temperance is by realizing, listen, a lot of people have it worse, even worse, depending on what we're necessarily going through. Um, you know, the other part of it is, and this is what I was talking about, about healthy detachment. No matter what we're going through and how difficult it is, and again, and I never in any way want to minimize what, what people go through. But again, that may be why a couple of people who get my column asked to be uh, removed from it after this column. Maybe they were gone through difficult stuff and they reacted that way too. Who is he to say I should not be crazy and, and angry and out of balance about, he doesn't know what I've gone through. Again, listen, I, not that I want to polish my awards for suffering in a contest with anyone, but uh, I've had a few doozies in my day as well too, but uh, to me, you're getting older. I don't have that anymore. I've gotten certainly a lot more temperate and found a lot more ease in my life. But no matter what we're going through, there's still, you know, it sounds kind of silly, but it's a good way of looking at it. No matter how pain we're going through, we're going through a, a loss of a job, we're struggling financially, someone left us, we lost a child, any type of horrible difficulty in one capacity or another that we can necessarily go through Listen, there's still hot coffee. There's still butterflies. There's still a dog or a cat that loves you. There's still people on the planet that love you and care about you. There's still, you know, a, a snugly warm bed. There's, you know, there's so many things that are beautiful about being alive in a physical body that I think sometimes we forget. And I'll end it with this particular thought today. You know, something I've mentioned when I first started uh, – my metaphysical studies, the original material I was studying very heavily in my in my late teens or early 20s was Jane Roberts, who channeled Seth. A lot of famous books, Seth Speaks, The Nature of Personal Reality, Unknown Reality, The Nature of the Psyche, that Seth wrote through Jane. Highly, 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 highly recommended. Basically the best channeling material I've ever read, um, other than the Michael material, which is in, in very close to the best also. But this, what always fascinated me was... Whenever um, Seth would channel through Jane Roberts, her husband would take notes. She would go into a meditation. Seth would come through. And he would, she, Jane Roberts wore glasses, and she smoked. And the moment Seth came through, he would always throw off the glasses because he didn't need them to see. And he would pour himself a glass of wine, again, all through Jane's body, by the way. And, uh, and then he would light up a cigarette and smoke a cigarette. Now, Again, if you read the channel material, it is, it's just mind-bogglingly brilliant. You know, when this, the book The Secret came out, everyone was excited, but Jane Roberts and Seth had covered this material many years before in an even better way, honestly. And uh, he, he would say, when people question this, how could you smoke and deface her body and all of those things. By the way, Jane Roberts was Taurus. That should give anyone who knows about astrology a little insight, too. Um, he always say that you don't know what you have when you're alive in a body. You, you know, when you're not in a physical body, you can't taste, you can't touch, you can't experience those things. So it's a, an amazing opportunity and a gift to be alive and to experience and taste and touch the way that you're able to. And I guess that always stuck with me as something that's amazing because it's very funny. Like I'm not a, I've never been a smoker in my life, but I do smoke cigars. When I'm at a casino, I smoke one or two cigars when I'm there. Um, once the blue middle sit on my patio and smoke a cigar. And uh, listen, it's awesome. I don't, 
I mean, I'm not recommending people smoke cigars, but to me, people will say, oh, why would someone who takes care of themselves abuse your body that way? But listen, I'm not abusing my body. I, you know, all things in moderation. Smoking a cigar once in a while is a beautiful thing. I love the taste of this world. And that's what I remind anybody, though, to any difficult, to remember, don't throw it all away, put yourself in jail, do something crazy, go completely temperance reversed. It's all trial and error. You're figuring it out, and there are good things in this life that are important that you should acknowledge and remember um, that can help you through the difficulty. And whatever difficulty you're going through, always remember, this too shall pass. Okay, looks like we're coming to the end of our show. Uh, if you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me at VenturaSage at Yahoo.com. Get on my mailing list. Include your birthday so you get the birthday promotions each month uh, for your birthday that come out with discounts on reading specials. If you want information about any of the work that I do, go to JimVentura.com. And uh, I do both phone sessions as well as in-office sessions. You get prices and, and all that good stuff there as well. And uh, you can also order a copy of any of my books. And uh, certainly friend request me on Facebook or through blog talk radio if you want to get updates on what the shows are about. All right, guys, thanks for joining me today. We'll be back here again next week for our, uh, our uh, astrology show. So uh, I hope you'll join me for that. Everyone have a good one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.